Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. Testing the mic. Test, test. Toy boat, toy boat. I haven't sat in this chair for a little while, so. Yeah, and back took a couple of two, three days off. Yeah, private interview with. Uh, Move closer to that mic. You have a private. Did you have your private interview with U.S. Senator Elect Fetterman? <laughs> yeah, I saw him at the Carthart store in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so we had a nice conversation. <laughs> he's uh, he's going to go to Washington with all new Carthart. I'll be the brand of Carhartt then in D.C. He is the only guy I know that has Carhartt clothing that has no stains, no holes, no rips, no frays. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's been worn, but it just never goes anywhere near dirt, oil, mud, leaves, or anything. And, will, and if there's a nuclear disaster, peeps... Roaches and Carhartts will last, right? <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? We should talk about that. We have some great guests today. Uh, you know, this phenomenon, this working class persona that he had, which it, he wasn't, a, uh, you know, a sort of a worker man, working class guy. He may have been a working class guy. You know, I think that's okay. But uh, <laughs> there's nothing in his past that said, you know, he used a lot of hammers or tools or trucks or dirt or leaves or garbage or anything. At uh, either says only in America or, only or it in says only in Pennsylvania <laughs> or it says you can be whatever you want to be by just trying to be what you think you want to be. Just be so, Okay. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is uh, very unique and uh, we will, we will certainly see. And uh, again, uh, yeah, the, I think his car heart will last a lifetime the way he wears it. Right, yeah, good point there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, they say the seatbacks in Harrisburg have a carved notch on them that would wear a hole in it if he stays. Uh, well, he's, he would have that, but he'll, he'll, he probably won't have that in Washington. No. All right, well, welcome on board, everybody. On the Market is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We're hoping to get some guests to call in here today. We hope to hear from Charlie Giroux as our hour progresses. He is an individual who ran for governor, but uh, he's a political strategist, and uh, he's a, just a go-to guy in Pennsylvania, CEO of Quantum Communications, if you want to talk about what uh, he has uh, mm-hmm. done. So we'll, uh, hopefully we'll meet up with him as our hour progresses today. And he did speak to the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce yesterday in a uh, Zoom conference of some sort, uh, oh. so uh, he was, he, he'll be familiar to the Valley. Yep, yep, yeah, lots of folks would know him, and a uh, very personable guy. He's been here in our studio, he sat in the, the spare chair over there and uh, participated in a gubernatorial visit when he was uh, running for office. Uh, so he'll be checking in. Also, if you know the name Jeffrey Lord, you've probably been following sort of national politics and partisan politics a little bit. He's an author and a political strategist. He'll check in during the 9 a.m. hour. And you know what the Republicans are saying after this election. What's that? 
sometimes it's good to speak to the Lord. Oh, brother. Okay, well, maybe they didn't talk to him enough before <laughs> maybe his past not. election. Maybe All not. Right. Uh, no. I mean, Jeffrey, Lord, <laughs> or the other one. All right, On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at uh, sunburymotors.com. Uh, we're going to start out with our toll-free lines. Uh, busy to start out with and just talk to Charlie Garreau, but that Giro, and then we will open up the lines while he's still with us, and we'll, we'll chat with him. Uh, you can email us in the meantime if you have a question or a comment. Email on the market WKOK.com, and you can text us. Texts are back open. There's 712 texts from the other days <laughs> that Joe didn't get to because he doesn't know how to use the machine. But uh, you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. With that, uh, we welcome Charlie Giro back to the airwaves on WKOK. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in this morning. Great to be with you, Mark. I'm Ben. Uh, let's uh, start out with just an overview analysis of what happened in Pennsylvania. We have a Democratic governor who will be sworn in and a Democratic U.S. senator. Uh, elsewhere in Pennsylvania, how did Democrats make out? Sort of give us your overview analysis of Pennsylvania's election. Well, it was a disappointing night for Republicans because most of the pollsters and prognosticators and pundits thought that there was a pretty big red wave coming and that it would wash over Pennsylvania and sweep into office uh, a U.S. senator, maybe a governor, and uh, certainly the state legislature. But unfortunately for Republicans, uh, it is a question mark right now as to who will control the state House of Representatives, but it looks like the Democrats will. And you have, for the first time in 75 years, a three terms of Democrat governors, and for the first time in more than a century, two U.S. senators who will be Democrats from Pennsylvania. What was the mindset of Pennsylvanians as they started sending uh, flipping districts and sending more Democrats to Harrisburg? Well, I think that the key to the state legislative races, Mark, was the gerrymandering that the Democrats did with these seats through reapportionment. They created seats that were much more friendly to Democrats, and they created seats that, as you know, put Republicans against Republicans in primaries, et cetera. So where the Democrats were winning were largely in these seats that had been redrawn to make them more friendly to Democrats. So, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough climb uh, in the future for Republicans in the state General Assembly. And what is a big issue if gerrymandering was the foundation that allowed this to happen? What were the issues that helped people send uh, more Dems to Harrisburg? Well, it, you know, those tend to be marked uh, district by district. They tend to run much more on personality. The issues that drive midterm elections are things like inflation, crime, uh, the southern border, et cetera, on a national level, and those propel... U.S. Congress uh, races. Races for the U.S. Senate tend to be more personal because so much money and attention is uh, placed on them. And as you know, this was the most expensive senatorial election in our history. And it's typically the same thing for the state house races. You know, folks look at the individual candidates and uh, tend to look at who's going to represent them more than how they're going to represent them. And Charlie, uh one of the things that with the PA House, and you look at uh, the redistricting, but it also affected the U.S. 
congressional, you know, PA uh, congressional seats also, where they uh, we lost a congressman in this area, and District 12 moved west to Allegheny. But we were losing a seat. There was a retirement, and Connor Lamb was leaving the seat anyway. So w- when we talk about redistricting on the state house side, it very much affected it. And uh, Benninghoff had a hurdle to climb. But also in, in, in the in the house, the U.S. House, we saw it also. The point being that when Pennsylvania, when the GOP lost the Supreme Court races a number of years ago. This has created a domino effect, so now the hurdle has really moved. Would you say Pennsylvania now is a blue state compared to now Florida is a red state? Well, Florida is certainly a red state. I mean, what happened in Florida on Tuesday night was really pretty amazing. Uh, You know, not only did DeSantis cruise to a huge victory, Marco Rubio, who was supposed to be tightly challenged, uh, turned that one into a walk-away they uh, elected four new Republican congresspeople in Florida, and the state legislature there is now a supermajority for Republicans on both sides of the building. So Florida is, at this point, a solid red state, which it hadn't been historically. It had been you know, pretty much of a purple state, and you know the biggest um, uh, challenge state for uh, presidential campaigns, you know, the biggest swing state because they've got a lot of electoral votes in Florida. I believe that Pennsylvania is still very much a purple state. Uh, We're represented by more blue right now than we have been historically. But two years from now, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, You know, the gerrymanders and the Supreme Court, as you indicated, Ben, have, you know, obviously hurt Republican prospects in Pennsylvania. But folks need to remember that Pennsylvania is still, by registration, a Democrat state. You know, still, despite the fact that Republicans chipping away at a big lead, it's still about a half a million uh, to the good for Democrats by registration. When we look at uh, the parties and the breakdowns in the parties, you have state committees. Um, I've served on it. You've been involved in it. Uh, I, I just feel the GOP state committee has fallen flat on its face. And even on the Democratic side, uh, you know, minimal value. People on the Democratic side can can talk about what they feel about their state committee, but it seems like now the state committees, even down to the county levels, have minimal effect, and it's become a candidate's race, meaning the candidate's going to make it or not. And you had Doug Mastriano be able to step up in the primary, and uh, you were, you were you know, hip-deep, uh, shoulder-deep in that primary with yourself and Lou Barletta and some others. But has it really become now a uh, little bit of a... You know, the party is going to stand aside and the candidate now makes his way. Because remember, Governor Wolf, you know, then, you know, candidate for governor, got out fast, spent a lot of his money, and he became the person. The party then followed him. Is that what you see in the future in Pennsylvania, where the uh, the personality of the candidate might get the following before the party now used to be able to pick and choose or, or suggest who should be the uh, the candidate for certain offices? Yeah, I mean, the days of the quote-unquote backroom deals uh, being cut as to who's going to run for office have been over for a long time, Ben. I mean, this is not a phenomenon that's recent. This has been going on for, you know, several decades where candidates have really been ascendant in their own right and parties have become less and less and less um, 
I, I don't want to say relevant, but dominant. How's that? Uh, and you see it at every level. I mean, in the state house, for example, every candidate has his or her own political committee that they stack with the money throughout the year uh, so that they can run for re-election. They are no longer dependent on the party for their money and their um, people to run for office. They create their own committees, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not something that just happened overnight. That's been going on for decades. But you really see it, you know, in, in full view now where, you know, if you're going to get $40, 50000000 million to run for office, you're not getting it from the party. You're going to have to raise it yourself. I know we got uh, hopefully some callers, 800-795-9565, but uh, let's, uh, let's go a little international if we can politically. The scenario down in Brazil, I know it's uh, very close to your heart. Can you, can you give us a little bit of uh, update on uh, what is happening in the country? Well, unfortunately in Brazil, they had a runoff in their presidential race on Sunday, October 30th. And it appears that Lula da Silva, who was the president of Brazil uh, some years ago, has been not real, I guess re-elected, uh, elected again as president. Now, Lula da Silva is a avowed socialist, and some would say communist. Uh, and so that's a real, real, real uh, difficult situation. The silver lining to that cloud is that in the congressional elections, the party of Jair Bolsonaro, who was the incumbent president, a conservative, uh, won most of the seats. So, you know, you're going to have a very, quote-unquote, divided government in Brazil, and uh, Lula da Silva, in order to govern, is going to have to be less um, focused on his uh, very, very far-left agenda. He's going to have to uh, come to the middle a little bit, but... Uh, the military there is the one that reviews the elections. They issued their report just yesterday. Uh, there are some indications of voter fraud there in big ways. Um, uh, Lula da Silva only won uh, in the far northeast of the country. The rest of the nation went for Jair Bolsonaro, and, and, it, and it happened in numbers that um, raised a lot of questions. We'll just leave it that way. Back in Pennsylvania, uh, we know the Supreme Court, the gerrymander, you know, the change in the makeup of the district and the, the Democratic Union Supreme Court is a factor. What else is a factor? What did Republicans do wrong that uh, that you can say? You told us what the Dems did right or, or either diabolically <laughs> right or just the way people elected the court. But uh, what did uh, Republicans do wrong? What have you learned as a Republican strategist here? Well, one of the things that they did wrong were that some of the candidates who ran in the spring in the various primaries, and we had a primary booth for the U.S. Senate and for governor, uh, frankly took their balls and went home. Uh, and you simply can't do that. If you're going to play uh, a team sport, you've got to be a team player. And as Ben knows, I went out and campaigned very aggressively for Doug Mastriano, despite the fact that he wasn't my first choice for governor. And... Uh, I supported, uh, you know, Mehmet Oz as aggressively as I could in the fall, but some of my Republican brethren didn't do that, and I think that's a real problem. Uh, if you're going to run in a primary, you've got to be willing to say, I'll support whoever wins the primary, and do so aggressively. I mean, uh, in the gubernatorial primary, uh, for example, Bill McSwain uh, refused to endorse uh, Doug Mastriano. I just don't know how you can do that. And on the Senate side, 
Kathy Barnett finally got around to endorsing Mehmet Oz, saying he was the lesser of two evils. Well, when you're calling your own candidate evil, uh, it's, uh, you know, damning with faint praise, that's for sure. All right. And on the topic of abortion, did you learn that maybe less, you know, uh, uh, you know, longer periods, you know, this 50 or 20 some weeks that we have in Pennsylvania is the way to go, that that's a good compromise. You know, being a hard line against abortion, uh, is that going to be a winning recipe for Republicans in the future? Well, I think part of it is going to be to message better a very nuanced issue because Democrats and the media, I might add, were successful in saying, you know, the uh, that's an abortion ban. Well, it's not a ban. It's a restriction. Uh, as you correctly point out, it's, you can't have an abortion after X number of weeks. doesn't mean you can't have one. simply means you can't have one after X number of weeks. And the real question is, what is that point at which the law should say you can no longer abort your child? Um, and I think Republicans need to message that much better. The Democrats were successful in some places in convincing people that it was a ban on abortion, which it was not uh, anywhere. And, you know, the comment that Mehmet Oz made in the debate, which was magnified times 10,000 about having, quote-unquote, local politicians make the decision, was exactly what the Democrats say they want. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act, which was passed, by the way, by a Democrat governor, Bob Casey, and which Josh Shapiro says, I think there's some question as to whether or not he really does, but he says he supports, was obviously passed by, quote-unquote, local politicians. Charlie, last question here. Uh, as uh, I've heard uh, described, I guess there's two elephants now in the GOP room. <laughs> um, I, I think of some other folks, uh, maybe like... Uh, uh, Governor Kemp, maybe Senator Cotton, Hawley, Rick Scott, Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo. Ambassador. And some, <laughs> and some other folks. But uh, your thoughts, uh, I know it's early on. Uh, the Maybe, um, I don't know, I think it could be a great fundraiser, uh, mud wrestling, jello wrestling between Trump and DeSantis. It could raise a lot of money for charity. But but your thoughts on the, I guess, on the, uh, on the two bull elephants uh, in the room now for the GOP. Well, it's it's interesting, Ben, that, you know, the minute one election is over and people say, I'm so tired of politics, I don't want to think about it anymore, give me a break, you know, we're into talking about an election that's two years away. <laughs> but, you know, let's see what happens. I think that President Trump is likely to announce that he's a candidate, and let's see then who steps up to challenge him. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. We really appreciate your analysis and your observations and uh, your help. Feel free to visit here from time to time. I know you're in this region occasionally, so you know where we are, where the former Ted's Landing region is. So uh, stop by again. We'd love to have you back in the studio. And I haven't enjoyed one of your chocolate bars lately, so please <laughs> run for office again. Charlie, you, you, next to Hershey, you had the best chocolate bars in the state of Pennsylvania. And I, I, I will say this, when you get up here we can talk baseball but unfortunately mark's a cubs fan so his his wait till next year starts in may usually uh, every he's baseball a, he's a season tortured, he's a tortured soul he and george <laughs> will you know? charlie one of our good listeners has a question for you do you have another okay. moment to, okay so stand by our sure. caller is sure. here and put you there and put mike on mike uh, charlie can hear you this will be our last question for mr Jarrell. Yeah, hey, uh, Charlie, actually, it's two questions. One, 
I wanted to know why it takes so long for some congressional districts in the country, like days and days, to count their votes when Ford had literally done it in, uh, you know, just a couple of hours almost. And then finally, I, you mentioned that it looks like uh, Democrats are going to have complete control here in Pennsylvania. What can taxpayers look forward to if that is the case? Thanks. Both good questions. The first one is it's an embarrassment that it takes some state so long, and I mean, I'm referring right now to Arizona, where they've still got huge numbers of votes to be counted days after the election, and as the caller pointed out, Florida, which is a much, much bigger state, is able to do it in a couple of hours. It takes Arizona several days, and this is what gives rise to people's uh, fears and concerns about fraud and tampering and everything else. I mean, it just, it simply shouldn't be the case, and when he asks why, my answer is, I have no idea. I can't imagine why it takes so long. Uh, the answer to the second question is a little more complicated, and uh, I should say that Democrats don't have total control over Pennsylvania state government. The Republicans still control the Senate. So the Senate will be a significant um, block to any bad legislation that the Democrats try to ram through the General Assembly. And, you know, we still don't know that Democrats are going to control the House. I can tell you, based upon a few years of experience, that there are always some behind-the-scenes maneuvering uh, that uh, causes the outcome to be a little bit different than what was predicted. So let's wait and see. I mean, in addition to everything else, as you know, uh, Ben and Mark, uh, we elected a deceased person on Tuesday night. So how that seat is going to be worked out uh, is, a, is an open question, because obviously, uh, although you might be able to vote in regular elections from the grave, you can't vote inside the legislature from, if you're dead. from okay. uh, the hereafter. Thank you so much, Mike. Call back with uh, more questions and comments. Thank you again, Charlie. Thanks for yep, calling Charlie, in. Thank you. Great to be with both of you. Appreciate Take that. Take care. Have a good day. Charlie Giroux, CEO of Quantum Communications, a GOP strategist and an individual who's uh, ran for governor in the uh, last uh, gubernatorial race in the spring. So, uh, of course, he got overshadowed by <laughs> some of the big guns, but uh, nonetheless ran a great campaign. And the chocolate bar reference, he had fundraising mm, chocolate bars. No, no. Giveaways. Just, just giveaways. giveaways. Forget okay. the candidates that give away uh, envelope openers are excellent. You can use Use those, but a uh, chocolate well, bar in chocolate. Pennsylvania goes a long way, <laughs> and you liked it. Yeah, envelope openers are great when you have mail, but chocolate is forever. So, <laughs> all right, uh, if uh, it doesn't look like we'll have a speedy dialer, could get through with a comment one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, he can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
Okay, we are enjoying the rain from Tropical Storm Nicole. Well, we it's need not, it. not too often you can get a cloud that's affecting the weather in Toronto and the Florida Panhandle at the same time. It's moving about 60 miles an hour, and the lower half is still uh, down in Florida. Uh, they still have showers in Tampa from this same storm, and they are enjoying some precipitation in Toronto from this storm. So mm-hmm. that's how big it is. It's moving fast, but the good news is it'll be out of the U.S. in the uh, next eight to uh, 20 some hours from now. So that will be moving on. Your reaction to the uh, the big election and the midterms? I I would uh, say I I try not to any midterms general elections. I try not to watch any of the news until after nine o'clock. And at nine oh five, I thought. Uh, you mean hmm. on Tuesday? Yeah, I said. Oh. I thought. No, I'm getting texts from people. I'm not trying to read them, but uh, I'm thinking there's something not going here because <laughs> this doesn't look right, particularly in Virginia. And uh, how we'll we'll get an analysis of it, and we'll see. I would say it is just disgusting that Nevada and Arizona, for I don't care which candidate uh, you you're for there, but it's just disgusting that they can't get votes counted and tabulated. Uh, you know, you got uh, you got technology all over the place, Mark. So uh, overall, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, we talked earlier. I mean, John Fetterman's a uh, you know a political icon in a lot of ways. He's done minimal and has gotten max. And uh, you know, he's he sold himself as a man of the people, and Pennsylvania bought it. Well, he's sort of like a Casey. Uh, well, uh, no, which one? He's well, the current <laughs> one, because you know what has he well, done? He's been a great political leader. Well, you know, well, Bob, Bob Casey was auditor general, state treasurer, father was governor. Uh, John Fetterman was, I think, Braddock has. 1,200 people, which is smaller than a borough of 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. Small. But uh, so time will tell, but uh, it, it will be interesting in Harrisburg. We see Governor-elect Shapiro come out against energy in Pennsylvania, so we'll, we'll see where Reggie's going to go. Uh, this House situation, the redistricting, like I said, we lost a congressman for our area, and uh, the House seats were all chopped up, particularly in Berks County. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, it will have a huge effect on our area if uh, the House goes Democratic. So uh, time will tell. Uh, We have a guest coming up, and his mantra is, the sun will come up tomorrow. (laughs) Well, it will come up tomorrow, but how bright will it be for certain aspects of uh, the political uh, atmosphere? Well, if you're a Republican, dim, gloomy, sad, hopeless... Well, if you're Republican, glass is half empty. If you're Democrat, it's half full. Right, but you you were hope <laughs> you bought a huge flask to hold all your fluids. So this is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com.
Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Back after mm-hmm. a couple of days off, we really mm-hmm. thank uh, Joe McGranahan for sitting in the catbird seat and Steve Kushaloff for being a great uh, co-host uh, during those days and a good Democrat. Uh, Rob Center was our fabulous producer most of those days, so we appreciate that. I get to take a couple of more days off next week, mm-hmm. so Steve will be back and Ben is uh, on call that week in case something goes wrong with Joe or, or Steve, <laughs> so get re- make sure you're ready. Okay. You can't leave the office. You cannot uh, go to New Orleans next uh, I'll week. Be, I'll be in the bullpen then, right? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly okay. what you're You're out in, in the Chicago Cubs. There's a lot of ivy out there, so that's where you'll be. Oh, sugar, so, sugar, yeah, Ben Reichley is our good co-host today. He's a business person in our community and is uh, uh, active in the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce and is a Republican committee person and uh, rubs elbows with some of the muckety mucks that we get to talk to on the show. Charlie Giroux was on first. Jeffrey Lord's going to call in in about 10 minutes, so we'll get a chance to call, uh, talk to him as well. So he's uh, sort of a national picture guy, so we'll be getting that. We thank Charlie Giroux uh, for blaming the Democrats for what has happened, for uh, <laughs> nefarious things that led to their successes this week. So I'm glad we got to, But he did hold well, up the mirror a little bit. He yeah. said, you know, Republicans you know, made some mistakes. Always, uh, you know, picture you know sporting event. Uh, did the Democrats win it or the Republicans lose it? Oh, the Republicans definitely lost and, this and, one. And you, yeah. and you find out. So, did the Republicans hand it to the Democrats? And uh, one of the things we'll talk about, we'll ask uh, Jeffrey Lord when he calls in. Uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, what's the effect of down ballot? Mastriano was a very weak candidate at governor. We we. People knew that going in, and how did it affect the down ballot? Then the redistricting part, not only in our U.S. congressional house seats, but our state house seats, uh, how that had an effect. And, and then the big, big picture is the Supreme Court and the governor's office, how they affected redistricting. Redistricting by Pennsylvania Constitution is supposed to be done by the legislature. So when the legislators put out redistricting, the governor doesn't like it. They run to the Supreme Court, then the Supreme Court holds it up. So at what point does the Constitution come into effect? And when people don't like the results, they run to the court, and that seems to be the Democratic playbook and the Republican playbook when they need it. But Charlie made a point that people should notice. A lot of these candidates who ran in the primaries... It happens on the Democratic side, but not as much. Democrats, as uh, as they say, um, circle the wagons far better than the Republicans when it comes to politics. But a lot of the people took their balls and went home. And, uh, you know, you heard that. And then you heard Barnett. You and know, people, if they didn't win, if their yeah, person if didn't, didn't win. win. Kathy Barnett, I mean, I, I will say this personally. She, her credibility is is whale crap because you come out and you say, well, Oz is the better of two evils. Well, if you're a Republican, how's that going to sit with other Republicans down the road, lady? Are you supposed to speak ill of another Republican? Well, I think, you know, 11th commandment of Ronald Reagan. But you wouldn't speak ill of another Democrat if you were a Democrat, you would hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you speak ill of another teammate? Uh, you I know, try to be uh, truthful <laughs> you know, all the time. So, so it's sort of interesting uh, right. when, when some of this happens. So the analysis is, I, I believe, Mastriano really, right. unfortunately, hurt Pennsylvania. Let's do some. We're going to hear from the uh, Republican side. Jeffrey Lord as our half-hour progresses here. And we got a caller standing by. got to do brief news headlines. Uh, police are still looking for an individual from 
Mifflin County who shot somebody and then went on the loose. 28-year-old Adam Fink of McVeigh Town still being sought. We have an update on that posted at WKOK.com. All Danville school districts locked down today thanks to a threat that was received yesterday, but they are holding classes uh, via remote online learning. It's a flex day for them, so it's flexible instruction, meaning the kids either work on their own or work online, but they're getting her done in Danville without using the buildings. As the nation marks Veterans Day today, our correspondent Mark Sims corresponds that the state Senate's recent recognition was held to those who have served our nation in uniform. Senator Devlin Robinson, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, encourages Pennsylvanians to take time to remember the service and sacrifice of PA veterans today. Think about all who have served and the countless service members in the past who have paved the way. They gave so much of themselves who so honorably in times of war and times of peace made our commonwealth safe and lively and free as it is today. Thank you to all Pennsylvania veterans. There are nearly 800,000 veterans in PA and about 18,000 members of the Pennsylvania National Guard. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. The American Legion Post 44 running their donation drive Monday instead of today. Cram the Van will be held on Monday from 10 to 2. Bring food, personal hygiene products, cold weather supplies, and other items to the American Legion Post on uh, Route 11 in Northumberland. And you will be helping veterans there. AP reporting that partisan control of the state house remains up in the air two days after 101 Democrats and 100. Republicans were elected, and two races in swing districts were still unresolved. So, uh, yeah, see, this is uh, cray-cray. This is, uh, I think Charlie's right. This is where a lot of people, this is where the uh, second-guessing of elections comes in. Election deniers that are out there in the world, this mm. is their time. Is it, the uh, longer you wait. You said 101 to 100. No, 101 to 100, but two oh, districts are outstanding. Okay, I have 100 to 100 with three outstanding, but if you okay, have an well, update. Okay, yeah, well, this update? is 12 hours old. So oh, okay. You're more current, perhaps? I believe they're probably about the same. So oh, okay. Democrats are up one, and we'll see what happens. Joseph, thank you so much for calling in. You're probably going to get ahead of the break and of our good scheduled caller, but you have an open microphone right now. Okay, thank you. Well, I want to comment on uh, Mr. F- Mr. Fetter Woman. I don't know if you saw that on TV where he held up that red uh, shirt and said, Fetter Woman, had Fetter Woman written on it. Did you all see that? Yeah, that was down at a uh, pro-abortion rally, I believe, or part of it was the abortion uh, scenario going on. Right, and he's, he's, uh, (laughs) the people that voted for him, these people are, their minds are, are totally warped that would even think about voting. And he got cheers and hoorahs when he said that and, and so forth. Well, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Pontius Pilate uh, said to the crowd, <laughs> the mob, uh, about the Savior. He said, I have no problem with him. I wash my hands. I don't find nothing wrong with him. And the crowd shouted out, crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Give us a murderer and a thief. <laughs> And I wonder if uh, some of Federal Woman's uh, progenitors might have been in that crowd wanting to release a murderer 
instead of the Savior onto them. Well, but Joseph, and, Joseph, the man got over 50% of the vote, and he's going to be a U.S. senator. Right, and you can insult him all you want, and you can insult but people he, like me, the demented individuals who voted for him, but that's the way democracy that's the oh way de- that's the way democracies work you people get to vet their I, I, candidates people I, mean, I when people put their name on the ballot we had Mike in here and Mike's a personal friend uh, but when people put their name on the ballot I have a due respect for them now I don't agree with their policies Mike Mullsevich who mm-hmm. ran against GT Thompson but you look at the scenarios that people put themselves out on and you make it on policies. Now, I will say that I have no idea why people voted for Fetterman because of his policies. It's almost like the dement. Oz, Oz derangement syndrome, Trump derangement. So if, if people feel John Fetterman's going to be a, a positive for Pennsylvania in the U.S. Senate, they voted that way. I saw no criteria that he would be a good senator for Pennsylvania. But if somebody else right. can call us and tell us why, well, it's like Doug Mastriano, so extreme. Right. Right. Well, Joseph. there you can make a point on that. But right. you know, Oz was basically wasn't from Pennsylvania, and Fetterman was from Pennsylvania. Okay, that's the criteria. Then we might as well flip a coin. <laughs> Go ahead, Joseph. Well, he, he's he's got to rubber stamp everything that Joe Biden and the Democrat Party stands for: uh, murdering unborn babies and releasing, uh, que- uh, 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 well. Uh, student loan giving money back to the people, you know, I mean, that didn't pay their bills uh, in the student loan and all that, all that crap. And uh, the thing that concerns me is not so much Fetterman, but the people like you, Mark, that voted for him. That's that's a concern. I mean, uh, wow, I just I just can't understand that. Well, the question would be, did they vote for Fetterman or did they vote against Oz? And then it becomes the cult of personality, and Fetterman's personality overcame Oz's, and the Democrats did what they had to do, and they were kicking oh. themselves, as I talked to the Democrat, two Democrat strategists about even putting him out there in a debate. They held that off as long. But one of the things I personally feel is, Pennsylvania and other states have to go back to an election week, not an election season, because a lot of Fetterman's votes were before that debate. But, you know, Fetterman did not have to debate, and he probably would have still won. Well, the thing is, uh, Dr. Oz is not his pro-life, am I right? All right, we have to take a break. Joseph, yes. call okay. back. You, we get, uh, you, get, you get some more time. I'm sorry about that. I have to put you uh, on break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Bum, bum, bum. 
Dun, dun. Great music. Oh, my gosh. Back in the 80s, probably. Uplifting. All right, 1-800-7. Oops, scratch the phone number. We don't need that. We have on the news line with it now a scheduled call from Jeffrey Lord, who's an author and political strategist. You've seen him on CNN over the decades. He's been in the State House and State Senate and is going to help us analyze uh, U.S. election results. I'm Mark Lawrence, host of the show. Ben Reikley, who you've met, is our co-host. Ben, you get the honors with Jeffrey. First of all, Jeffrey Lord, thank you so much for checking in. Yep. You you bet. Good to be here. Anything going on these days? <laughs> well, Jeffrey, as uh, early on we had uh, Mr. Giroux. So he, he took us from uh, Pennsylvania around the United States, and we even got a little bit of Brazil in for the central Pennsylvania <laughs> I people. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my question is, and I, I, I'm going to say I know uh, uh, as, as we talked here in the past, uh, the sun has risen. Uh, rose Wednesday morning, rose Thursday, and actually it rose today, Friday. But uh, uh, I, I, I take I, I ask this question in that: Can you take us back to Barry Goldwater and and bring us up to where we're at today? Well, yeah, and and it's interesting that you'd say that because uh, I have uh, maintained that the media, you know, goes out of its way to go after conservatives, and I had the opportunity. I'm on the Penn Live editorial board, uh, the editorial board of the, the online function of the Harrisburg Patriot News. And we had a chance to talk with uh, then Attorney General Josh Shapiro. And he was going on and on about uh, how State Senator Doug Mastriano, his opponent for governor, was an extremist. So when it came my turn to ask a question, I said, well, sir, uh, I'm old enough to remember Barry Goldwater. And when he got nominated, the media of the day said he was an extremist. Democrats said he was an extremist. He lost. Then an actor gave a speech for him right before he lost called The Time for Choosing uh, that suddenly shot that actor into political fame. That would be actor Ronald Reagan whom I would later work for in the White House. And what did they say about him? You bet. He was an extremist. And uh, they sort of modified this a bit with Richard Nixon, but his vice president, Sparrow Agnew, was called an extremist. And by the time Reagan finally ran for president, of course, he was being called an extremist all the time. Uh, This is what they do in the media and on the left and in, in the Democratic Party. So uh, as we speak, you know, it was Doug Mastriano that was an extremist. I guarantee you, whoever we put up, or governor or senator, they were calling Dr. Oz an extremist. Whoever we put up, and whoever we put up for president, is going to be called an extremist. And I have a column this morning at the American Spectator uh, talking about uh, the uh, DeSantis myth, as I call it. What you've got here are all of these people in the media saying uh, the, the, saying all these terrible things about Donald Trump, which they've been doing regularly, and pointing to 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 uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, as you know what a great guy and he's the alternative, et cetera. And I pointed out that if in fact DeSantis runs and either defeats Trump or Trump doesn't run and DeSantis winds up as the nominee, 
trust me, they'll come after DeSantis uh, and, and try and make of him the next Donald Trump. And they've already, I, I went back and took a look, they've already begun to do this. Um, as as you will remember, the uh, mass shooting there, the mass murderer at the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School was in Parkland, Florida. And sure enough, like, like clockwork, four years later, when we had th- this very year, when we had this mass shooting at a, a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, Newsweek ran an article that the father of one of the kids k- killed in Florida was blaming the Buffalo shooting and shootings in general, mass shootings in general, on Ron DeSantis. <laughs> well, and uh, then on and on he went with various other stories with DeSantis being blamed for... Uh, uh, you know, if you remember the deal where he tried, he, he he made the point on illegal immigration by sending a plane load of illegals to Martha's Vineyard. Well, he was quickly assailed in the media as as a racist that he should be investigated by the Department of Justice and charged and arrested. And on and on goes this stuff. This is what the modern media and their Democratic allies do. So, if in fact Governor DeSantis winds up as the Republican nominee or anybody else winds up as the Republican nominee, mind you, they're coming for it. Well, isn't isn't that uh, certainly uh, amplified with social media and what they do? And you, you had the... Uh, the uh the situation with the horses and the uh, security at the border with uh, with the border yeah. uh, people that they ran out. So so the media throws it against the wall and they see what sticks and then they come back and President Trump has uh, had a message out that he's apologizing to uh, Melania, his wife, and Sean Hannity for the fake news that people are putting out because the information coming out that he's talked about this and this is all anonymous sources. So, so it sounds like, uh, you know, when anonymous sources come out, it's anti. But what's interesting, I think, is that if it circles back, uh, to use a term from the old press secretary, uh, that President Trump seems to be correct or almost correct on a lot of these items. So, you know, I, I find that sort of interesting uh, when, you, when you talk about that, where the media is made up. And you've seen the media move, as you talked about, from Goldwater to Reagan to Nixon, ongoing. But Coming back to the last 12 years, Jeffrey, I would say look how they treated John McCain and look how they treated Mitt Romney when, when he was so when they were both sort of in the middle. The, the press loved him. And then when they were running for president, the press hated him. And that drove McCain crazy. Yes. Yes. He was sort of darling of the media. And uh, he thought things were just peachy with the media. Then he runs for president. And they come after him. I remember there was a front-page story in the New York Times once he was running for president and got nominated, and it said he was having an affair with a a female lobbyist uh, in in Washington. They they ran the woman's name, as I recall, uh, and all of this sort of thing. Well, the story was not true. (laughs) That didn't matter. (laughs) They ran it anywhere. And uh, he was genuinely shocked that he would be treated this way by his pals. But this is, in fact, what they do, and they do it all of the time. Uh, I go back to 1960, the Kennedy-Nixon race. There was a book out uh, in the day called The Making of the President, 1960, 
It's a Pulitzer Prize winning book by uh, the author was uh, the very well respected Theodore H. White, uh, now long gone. And it was it was an, a sort of new kind of book where where Teddy White followed all of the different candidates between 1956 and 1960 to get a, to, to write up the story of the 1960 presidential race, which finally came down to Kennedy and Nixon. And he writes in there that when um, the press would accompany John F. Kennedy around the country, whether they were on his campaign bus or his uh, private plane and all this sort of stuff, they were singing anti-Nixon songs with the Kennedy staff and making fun of of Nixon. Well, of course, th- this didn't come out in public until after the election was over and Kennedy won. Uh, but the point is, uh, yeah, is that a, more than a little biased? Is that indicative of what was going on then? Yeah. It just wasn't as well known in the day. Now, it's just quite open that people know that when they tune on CNN or MSNBC or they pick up the New York Times or the Washington Post, these are the, the launching pads for the leftist line of the day, whatever that may be. And uh, it comes as a surprise now to no one. What's wrong with the Republicans that they can't win under these circumstances? They've known about liberal bias in the media for a long time. Uh, They knew that inflation was high. Biden was very unpopular. But yet Republicans lost many, many, many places. What is wrong with Republicans that they can't strategize against this? Yeah, they don't fight. And this was something uh, I had the opportunity to, you know, I I know Donald Trump, and he's a friend, and and, uh, I've known him since, I don't know, for a good 10 years or so. And I sat down with him to do an interview for the American Spectator. This was back in 2013 or 14, somewhere in there. And I said to him, uh, Republicans at the base level are always frustrated with their presidential nominees and and other candidates because they get attacked mercilessly by the media and they don't fight back. They're seen as not fighting back. They said, if you run for president, will you fight back? And the answer in essence was, oh yeah, I will. And and I think it's the first time I heard the phrase fake news. And of course it was from him. And and he told me the tale, I I forget this guy's name, but you, you will remember the incident he was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers um, basketball team. And a white guy, married white guy, he had an affair, and he had a mistress who was uh, a, a young black woman. And she went to the press with a tale that the guy she was having the affair with was a racist. And, of course, the basketball team was heavily black. Well, this was a big story in the day. He finally wound up losing his basketball team because of this. The NBA took the team away from him. Well, so what What was interesting was Trump was invited on uh, Fox and Friends to talk about it. This was topic A of the day with, you know, the whole country talking about this. And he observed what, I mean, nothing original to him, what everybody else was saying, that this guy was a racist, et cetera. So he says all of that, and then he pauses, and at the very end says, jokingly, aside from which, he's got the girlfriend from hell. (laughs) Well, what happens is instantly the media lasers in on that and tries to make it seem 
that Donald Trump didn't care that the guy was a racist. He only cared that he had the girlfriend from hell, et cetera, et cetera. And Trump says to me, it, it was just so incredibly dishonest. Of course I denounced him. Why wouldn't I? Everybody else was. I was. Uh, and yet they focus on this, you know, my joke at the end and try and make it seem like I didn't care or thought it was funny. Uh, he was really upset about it. And then he went on about how this is fake news. So we get to the point where he runs for president and he makes it a big deal. Uh, in terms of the fake news, and it's frankly never been never been the same since. And that's one of the things I think why he is so popular with the Republican base. Is there anything we can do to fix elections? We're still waiting for results. Could we somehow come up with a national compromise, a national list of best practices, so that we can restore confidence among Republicans and Democrats in the electoral process? Yes, I think there is. And I think the, the, the one prime thing that should be done is to make Election Day a national holiday, you know, like the 4th of July or Labor Day or what have you, where all, all work outlets are closed. Everybody has the day off, and they will have the time to go and vote. Uh, none of this business that, you know, they've got to be in at work at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning and the polls open at 7 and close at 8, and they don't get home until 8.30 or whatever, or they've got to take time from work and they don't do it, uh, make it a holiday and let everybody, uh, give everybody the time to vote. I, I would also suggest getting rid of the mail-in ballots. I mean, that that is so, these drop boxes and all of this, that is so uh, conducive to voter fraud. And we had... Uh, a commission on elections several years ago with uh, former President Carter for the Repub for the Democrats and uh, former Secretary of State in the Bush era, uh, Jim Baker. And that was their suggestion was, you know, don't go down the road at that point of mail-in ballots because it's, they're open to widespread fraud. So, yeah, I do think there is something we can do. Uh, here. It's just, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but Marco Rubio pointed out that they had X number of millions of ballots in Florida, and they had it all done by, you know, the time Election Day was over. And here we are waiting still for Arizona. You know, what is wrong with these people? Uh, you know, if Florida can do it, Arizona can do it, and Pennsylvania can do it, etc. Right. Not to mention, in Pennsylvania, we have, at this moment, former Democratic Congressman Michael Ozzie Myers from Philadelphia, who was convicted uh, of the in the Abscam scandal back in the, whatever it was, 70s or 80s, in, in which uh, FBI agents disguised themselves as Arab sheiks and, and were handing out money, which he took on camera. And he had to resign from Congress, and he went to federal prison for a while. Think three years. So he gets out, remakes himself as a political consultant. He's now been indicted and I think convicted <laughs> for for paying uh, a Philadelphia election judge, also indicted and convicted, thousands of dollars to stand next to voting machines in his precinct in the elections of 2016, 15, and 14. And when nobody's looking, this guy's going ka-ching, 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 and ringing up the battles. For you know, designated candidates, uh, 
this is a problem we have in good old Pennsylvania here, and we need to get that fixed as well. Jeffrey, I will ask you the last question here because we know you, you got to get going. Uh, looking at, uh, let me ask this one to Charlie. I, I read off a bunch of names, and it started with uh, Senator Cotton, Senator Hawley, Rick Scott, Tim Scott, Secretary uh, Pompeo. Ambassador Haley. Ambassador Haley would be in that group probably, but the, the two seems like the, the media is trying to make it out, and I agree with you that it, I don't the anonymous sources, it doesn't mean anything. But at least the, uh, the two big boys are uh, President Trump and uh, Governor DeSantis. Right, uh, they're both very extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, I guess the media is making them the extreme. But, um, you know, the, the shakeout that's going to come, uh, the potential announcement by uh, President Trump next week, uh, you, you know, your thoughts, your thoughts on the Republican Party on a national level. Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting race. There's no question President Trump, in my mind, is, is, is more or less said as much as going to run. You know, one of the things people may, may not realize is when he was a private citizen, he was writing a series of books. One of them was called Never Give Up. And, and he talks about how he'd had low moments in his career and learned, you know, stay focused and keep at it. And that certainly describes his mentality. And uh, in this particular situation with the presidency at stake, there's no way in the world he wouldn't, uh, that he would give up and just sort of quietly go away. I think, you know, he's definitely going to run. Uh, DeSantis is a little more uncertain. I, I, I really don't know. What, I mean, I think he'd like to do it. Whether he'll do it is another question. And I think that applies to all the others that you named. And, and, and I would add one other. I, you know, I'm, I'm now a Newsmax contributor, and I was on the other morning. And right before I came on, they had on uh, current Arkansas governor, outgoing governor, Asa Hutchinson, Hutchinson, uh, who quite candidly said, yes, he was going to (laughs) run. Oh, wow. Okay. That didn't get covered. We will, will, uh, there will will be a mix of some people. Uh, Obviously, I think President Trump has the advantage in all of this, but we will, we will see. And uh, it's, it's just hard in general. When you've got somebody who is as popular and who has been president, uh, they sort of dominate the field, and that's going to make it hard for any of the others. I mean, we may know people on that list, uh, you know, who they are, what office they hold, and all that. That doesn't mean that the larger American public knows who they are, and that's a difficult yeah, thing for that's them. That's true. Excellent. We will hopefully, maybe we can finish this conversation, Tavern on the Hill. My best to Noreen, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you in Harrisburg in the near future. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank Bye-bye. you so much, Jeff, for calling in. Jeffrey Lord, author and political strategist. Strategist. He's been on CNN, now Newsmax, I hear. Uh, he's a GOP, was a GOP aide in the State House and in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. U.S. Senate for John Hines. And, uh, yeah, that job ended, unfortunately. So Franklin and Marshall alum? Uh, oh, is he? Good for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did he have uh, the good uh, professor down there? I think he was ahead of uh, <laughs> I Dr. Think so. Madonna's he could time. Have, could have taught <laughs> him yeah. instead of uh, learned from him. A very him. interesting historian, and one of the things, you know, like he said, you know, yep, some day. will come up tomorrow, but your questions are very astute. You know, why are the Republicans tripping over themselves? And mm. like I said, are the Republicans losing, or are the Democrats winning, or is it a combination of right. both? If you're so smart, Republicans. Why can't you win? All right, 1-800-795-9565. We'd 
love you to answer that question plus others. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Doug sent us an email. He's ultra-conservative election denier, but I am in 100% <laughs> lockstep agreement with him. Well, he says he's an election. Yeah, uh, I'm not name-calling. He says no, it's it right excellent. there. Excellent he and I email. are in agreement, so we're going to read that email first when we come back on WKOK. What? Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We got one caller standing by, but we could take more. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com. You can tell the media loves liberals. They said inflation <laughs> has slowed. Did you hear that headline? Well, it's down to seven points. Seven points. I mean, yeah. honest to Pete, that's ridiculous. Well, so Although that's, it didn't cost Democrats. So what that is? So uh, if you're a football team and you lose by 40 last month, you only lost by 34 this month. Right, it's like being a Cubs fan. (laughs) A loss is a loss is a loss. All right, one of our listeners says, John Fetterman did that Fetter woman shirt because he stands with women's rights. He won. Democrats are the champion. Yeah, Mm. without the vitriolic comment, John Fetterman won fair and square. Arizona has 90% who vote by mail, and it takes time to do that many ballots. I do not believe that. that, We have to check that. I I have uh, relatives in Arizona and not 90%, 90% are not mail-in ballots. Okay. Not, not 90%. One person with whom I often disagree is 100% spot on today, in my opinion. He's, and this is Doug. He says, I would be called an election denier because I question the 2020 election and I'm starting to question Tuesday's results. We still don't know the results uh, from a couple of days ago. Third world countries could do elections better than one of the most advanced countries in the world. If you don't at least question what's going on with our elections, I would say you you are a reality denier. The Democrats ran on saving our democracy. I agree. Let's start by voting the way it was, where you go to the polls and vote on that day, and you have the totals by the end of the night. Well, actually, yeah. I remember when it wasn't the end of the night. It was two or three or four in no, the morning. Some but they counted continuously exactly. until they got and, and the other part is, like you said, best practices. And here's a scenario. The federal government has a positive effect in this way. They give transportation money out to each state. Commonwealth or the Republic of Texas. So they give money out, and they they have some criteria that goes with money. Okay, so here's election money, and here's the criteria to run it. Florida was a disaster in 2000. Why isn't Florida a disaster now? Because they made changes. Now, you go down other states that have it, but Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, uh Embarrassments. All right, here's the rub. Uh, people didn't want Joe Biden's legislation, the Democrats' legislation to, that would have imposed some restrictions on uh, voting nationwide. Okay, that's fine. Come up with best practices. Give yes. people like, t- what are we doing in, in Pennsylvania that what works, what doesn't work? What works in New York? What works in Florida? What's not working in Arizona? Throw out the mm-hmm. bad, do the good, give states the opportunity to choose from some best practices. If you and I went to a hospital, you know, and we needed heart surgery, and a doctor says, well, I know about this technique from 1920. Let's try that again. No, that's not a best practice. He would, that doctor would be required Mark, to use best practices. Mark, let's make it simpler. When you go into the emergency room, there's certain things that are going to be done depending on your injury that's going to then get you into the operating or get you better, and those practices are used not only here, but around the world. So, yeah, uh, but, right. but Clark County in Nevada, Maricopa County in Arizona, disasters. Disasters. Dan, you are on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, my analysis for whatever it's worth of the election that 
Republicans lost it. The Democrats didn't win it. The de- there, we we didn't do very good on campaigning. Mastriana, he didn't campaign well at all. And yeah, he visited a lot of conservative churches, lots of them. And he did. We were already gonna vote for Mastriano. He didn't need a campaign to us. We were already sold. So he should have debated more, been in the public more. So he lost it. It's not that Shapiro won. And Oz, I, I yeah, I voted for him, but I did not really agree with a lot of his things except he was pro-life I could vote for him because of pro-life the best he would have been was another to me at the best so Dan I'd ask so uh, I saw his economic I saw his understanding of foreign affairs so what 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 didn't he what didn't he have you know he (laughs) I I just couldn't I couldn't really get behind him very much, but he, he the only thing I I actually Ben you, you and you might not like this, but I agree with what Kathy Martin Barnett said. Hey, he's less evil, a lot less evil than the Democratic candidate. But that, I did well, that's, vote well, for him. That, yeah, at least you voted for him. And but on the other McCormick, hand, McCormick McCormick could have won and I did I did vote for Kathy Barnett in the primary because I agree with all her positions I heard her speak a couple times great great lady but anyway McCormick could have won and Lou Barletta could have won they were they would be out campaigning so yeah we lost (laughs) it's not that Democrats won we just lost in the Republican Party. So, so here, here's party. the point that we talked about. So Kathy Barnett took her ball and went home. McCormick took right. his ball and went home. Uh, so now are Republicans going to support those candidates in the future? I mean, Kathy Barnett was a crying baby after the primary. So, you know, the, the Republicans have to look, and there may be some tough love, but, uh, you know, what someone says about Oz's point, okay, so Oz's economic understanding, his foreign affairs understanding, he, he's a, a doctor, so there has to be some accomplishment with brain matter in between the ears. And, you know, you talk about the primary. So after that, the Republicans go home, and here's what you have. You have John Fetterman as a U.S. senator. So Republicans have to understand the game's not over after the primary. That's half time. All right, Dan. Hey, gotta, I, I, Dan, I, I Dan, 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 Dan. Stop, 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 stop. I voted stop, for stop. the yeah. All right, I have no, to say did. goodbye to Dan because we got to move on. we got to hit the break. So sorry about that. Uh, we will be right back, and we got our last callers lined up. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Friday. 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 Is it Friday already? We're going to have to put this in the machine to make it come up automatically. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. So this is not that this bubble is the best Friday, Friday uh, though, right? bit we have. All right, we got callers standing by, but I have to do something first, and that's tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury. Routes 11. <laughs> Almost worth this, this ad has a soundtrack to it. Sunbury Motor <laughs> Company, where you can buy Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, or do like uh, Ben and I do, and that's drive around mm-hmm. in brand-new Fords, although they give me a different one every two. Yes, so that's a little different. Selling more cars, servicing but more cars. They customers. are looking for individuals, maybe folks like Ben, experienced workers mm-hmm. who are looking for a new job, maybe an entry level technician or somebody just looking for a career change. The particular vehicle we'll talk about today is hard to find the Kia Seltos. Mm. They had one last year at the no. Kia dealership. There's not a lot of them around there, but there are a lot of Kia Sorentos out there, and that is an SUV, all wheel drive. Uh, it does fabulously in the Consumer Reports mm. ratings. You can get 30 miles of the gallon if you just ease up on the gas a little bit. Joe McGranahan could never get that, but we'll you get, could uh, if you ease We'll get up Dr. Oz to send his resume in. <laughs> yeah, he's looking for work. Uh, but it's a four-cylinder ven- engine, but they do have a turbo with it, so it's a great car. Kia Sorento. Yep. Check out that vehicle and many others at sunburymotors.com. Go see Austin. Go see Austin down at Hummel's Okay, everybody gets two minutes and no more. Cindy, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Well, good morning, gentlemen. First of all, thank you to all the veterans that are listening to the show today. Um, I understand that the delay that we're seeing is because the vast majority of the ballots were mailed in and that they are actually verifying the signatures, and some of the signatures are failing, and they're taking them out. And it makes me wonder, here in Pennsylvania, I understand there were 1.3 million mailed-in ballots, the vast majority of them were in the southeast region and I'm wondering did they check those signatures because how could they have processed that many mail-in ballots in 24 hours it defies my imagination well the difference when you, in the... if you're actually checking the signature if you're actually checking it well, the num the numbers broke down something like one point three four million, well, 1.34, and the breakdown of that was about nine hundred and forty. Let's say nine fifty were Democrats, and the rest were Republicans. And I think of the total mail in ballots. The numbers I saw, well, whatever. What about the signatures? 80, Eighty-seven. Well, they should be eighty-seven percent were returned. There was uh, there was thirteen percent of the mail in ballots that went out that didn't get returned. So are they uh, checking signatures? Uh, we you'd have to ask the Secretary of State yep, and how they're to. doing. Yep, so. Good question, Cindy. It'd be hard to do that many. That's what's taken Arizona forever is they're matching up signatures. My question would be... And good uh, for them. Not. That's exactly what I want done. That's what, yeah, that's the why they call those ballots unverified. The well, the problem with right, Arizona and Nevada is right, thank you, Cindy. they're Thanks finding for ballots. Thank yeah, good question. They're finding ballots in Arizona and Nevada. Okay. Also, ballots are appearing. Joe from Sunbury, PA, you are on the mark. All right. Uh, good morning. Uh, uh, honoring all the veterans today. Uh, those uh, 
but uh, my, on, on the way out before your other uh, commercial break, I think you asked why Republicans are so smart, but yet they can't win elections. Is that pretty close to what you said, or don't you remember? Yipper. Okay, so here's the answer is that... Uh, they don't cheat as good as the Democrats, right? So the Democrats get their uh, cheating in, and we're reacting, or, Demo- or Republicans are reacting to uh, what's going on, just as we know pretty well, and I'm a little familiar with the, the Pennsylvania case in 2020 that uh, could have went to the Supreme Court, but a stain on uh, Roberts where three of the justices wanted to hear the case, and the fourth, uh, you needed four. So that they wouldn't hear a very important case on what uh, the government uh, of Pennsylvania could do in an emergency as changing voting laws. I was very disappointed in that. So we, we were reacting, and everybody can say, oh, there were 60-some cases brought by Trump, but none of them had standing. They just didn't want to hear them. So you didn't really hear. So th- that was the, the number one. And I'm not so familiar with the, the law that's been uh, enacted called Zuckerbucks, uh, that, where he poured in like $400 million well, social, well, it's coming out that social me- media has played different roles and various roles, and we're finding out with the Twitter acquisition by Elon Musk how goofy it is. Well, I think we lost you. Weekend. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I don't know if that's a claim to fame saying Republicans don't cheat as good as Democrats. I know, I would say so. <laughs> veterans Day, very important day. Uh, honor of Veterans Day, thank you. Salute to all the men and women who have served in uniform in our nation's armed forces. Thank you very, very much for yes. your service. Yes. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.